It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning, also on Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is a Wednesday, the 20th day of July for 2022, and coming up we are talking about those June statistics and numbers, with Angus Moore from PropTrack, not every state I can tell you is tracking in the same direction, but something that is heading all in the same direction in all states across Australia is the cost of building. It is insane what is going on, and it all has to do with supply and demand driving the price up, and it was a snowball effect of people not spending billions of dollars on overseas trips because of the borders being shut off, so then people decided to build, and if they weren't building new, they were renovating and there lays the problem. If you're celebrating your birthday today for the 20th, you are celebrating it with Carlos Santana. He is turning 74 years young and also on this day, pretty historic, 1969, Apollo 11 carrying Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin lands on the surface of the moon and then in 1976 on this day, US Viking 1 lands on Mars. It was the first Martian landing, which is pretty incredible when you think that man landed on the moon in 1969 and then just seven years later had an unmanned landing on Mars. But I guess the real question now is whether or not Elon Musk is going to do what he wants to do by landing the first person on Mars. Or will Twitter have the last word? From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. And let's check on weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney, expecting some showers today, a high of 15 degrees. Melbourne, a morning frost is in the forecast. The upside, a mainly fine day, your high of 13 degrees. Brisbane, one or two pieces of rain, 19. And in Perth today, the rain is going to increase and your top of 21 degrees. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30. And in the market right now, buyers have more choice and incredibly it's reflected in data showing that June was the busiest month since 2011 for new home listings. And I bet that you weren't expecting that. And it's unusual to see new listings up by 8.5% year on year for June. So so let's welcome back prop track economist Angus Moore with the numbers, the breakdowns, and all of the talking points. Good morning, Angus. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me again. So what is going on, Angus? Is this a case of vendors bringing properties across Australia to market before things were just going to get too crazy with those interest rates? Yeah, it's certainly been, as you say, a very busy start to winter. Now, winter's typically a quieter period, and we are seeing that. Volumes are down compared to earlier in the year. But for a winter and for a June, you know, the start to winter, it's been a very busy month of new listings. In fact, across the capital cities, it's the busiest start to winter since 2011. So, you know, clearly a very busy month. 
that's kind of been the theme this year. We had a very busy first quarter as well across the capital cities, particularly in places like Sydney and, and to a very great extent, Melbourne. And we're seeing some of that momentum carry through. You know, some of these vendors that are coming to market now may have wanted to list earlier in the year, but didn't get their ducks in a row. And so they're selling now. But we may also be seeing some vendors come to market sooner than they might have otherwise, because they're looking at the threat of higher interest rates, the fact that prices might start falling by more, and are trying to sell now. And so nationally for June, house prices, they're dropping off, as you mentioned, by 0.25%. That's according to the PropTrack Home Price Index. So tell us a little bit about that and what the decline is likely to show over the next 12 months projecting forward. Yes, it's certainly the question on everyone's mind at the moment. And to a really big extent, what happens over the next 12 months is going to be dictated by how quickly the RBA moves. So what we've seen thus far is, as you say, prices were down 0.25% nationally. We saw price falls across most capital cities. So Sydney and Melbourne were both down. And notably, we saw prices in Brisbane down. And that's the first month we've seen prices in Brisbane fall since the pandemic began. Adelaide's the kind of outlier here. Prices are continuing to grow there, which reflects the really strong demand we've seen for Adelaide over much of the pandemic. And that's kind of continuing even in the face of these interest rate rises. But if we're looking forward into what's going to happen this year and next, as I kind of alluded to up the front, it really depends on how quickly the RBA has to raise interest rates. And all signs at this stage point to they're going to have to continue raising pretty quickly. We had the labour force out last week, which showed that the unemployment rate fell pretty dramatically down to three and a half percent, which is much lower than the RBA was expecting and suggests that the labour market is much tighter than they were thinking. We're also seeing inflation continue to be pretty strong. And I think when the RBA comes out with their updated forecast next month, we'll see that they're forecasting inflation to be even stronger than they were last time they put out forecasts in May. That all points to pretty aggressive moves from the RBA in order to contain inflation, which means we'll probably see prices, house prices down through much of this year and probably into next year as well. And I think that most people can see the movement on stock levels are being restored somewhat, as you suggest. And you can see that especially in Melbourne and Sydney. Firstly, let's look at St. Leonard's in Sydney's lower northern shore. That saw the biggest spike in listings year on year. So tell us a little bit about that and other big movement suburbs of Sydney. Yeah, so we saw listings, new listings double in St. Leonard's this year compared to last. Um, St. Ives was also very strong, as was Rosebury and Sydney, both in very inner city areas. Broadly, because it's winter, we do see lower volumes. So at a suburb level, you know, it's not necessarily that hard to double your number of listings. Um, but if we're looking at kind of broader regions, we, we tend to use what the ABS refer to as SA4 regions, which cover somewhere between 300,000 to 500,000 people. Most of those regions across Sydney saw new listings up this year compared to last. So it's not as if this is just geographically concentrated in a few areas. We are seeing quite a lot of activity across much of the city. And let's zero in on Melbourne. It was Donnybrook in the city's north that was a bit of a standout. So tell us, Angus, a little bit about that and other big movers. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, both Donnybrook and Weirviews saw new listings more than triple this year than they were in June 2021. So very busy by comparison. Uh, but that was true of a few other suburbs, places like Mecklenburg and Dali almost tripled as well. 
But if we look kind of more broadly at Melbourne, you know, much like Sydney, much of the city was busier with the exception of the very inner city and kind of inner southeastern parts of the city where new listings were down a little bit. But most of the outer parts of Melbourne saw more new listings this year than last year. And so looking at Brisbane and Adelaide, where there is still a demand for property going on there right now, the listings are still down well below pre-pandemic levels. So competition is still a factor, right? That's exactly right. Um, you know, Brisbane and Adelaide have been real star performers over the pandemic. We've seen a lot of people wanting to move there, given relatively more affordable housing um, and searching for more space, which you can find more easily in those suburbs than in, say, Sydney or Melbourne. What that's meant is that the number of properties actually on market and available to purchase is well down compared to where it was pre-pandemic in both cities, something like 40% which means that buyers just have a lot less to choose from. And, you know, for any given property, it's much more competitive with other buyers. And what about Western Australia, where there is talk about a post-COVID resurgence seeing a market activity stimulation with 15 suburbs recording median price increases of 10% or more in three short months? Yeah, Perth's a very interesting one. Um, you know, it hasn't seen maybe quite as rapid growth in prices over the pandemic as some other cities, which leaves it in a you know, relatively more affordable position than it was pre-pandemic. And, and we're maybe starting to see that, as you say, in, in some of the performance. In terms of its listings activity, it's continuing to be quite busy, like much of the rest of the country in June, even though we're going into the typically quieter winter period. We had the busiest June for new listings in Perth since 2011. So, you know, very busy, a lot of vendors coming to market for a winter period, which is typically quieter than, say, spring. And South Australia's market is still surging with Barossa a standout in these three months to June with a number of suburbs appearing on the top growth list. Is this just another case of strong demand in that area? Yeah, we've certainly seen strong demand for Adelaide and for parts of regional South Australia. Um, Adelaide's one of the few capital cities still posting price growth. We saw Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane with prices all down in June, according to the PropTrack Home Price Index. Adelaide, on the other hand, continued to grow. And you know that's in spite of the increase in interest rates, which I think shows the kind of relative desirability of, of Adelaide compared to, say, Sydney and Melbourne at the moment. And what about the numbers, Angus, for an increase in any suburb where the number of sales is a small sampling pool? Now, the reason I ask this is a couple of days ago, an agent mentioned the sales figures in his area were based off just... 20 sales with that suburb increasing by 10%. So I guess the question is, is the pool a big enough sampling? Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, particularly in winter, sales volumes are a bit lower. And so at a suburb level, which is a relatively small geographic area, you might be looking at a reasonably small number of sales overall. And so that's why we can see them, you know, tripling in the space of a year. That's why we often look at the broader, what we call SA4 regions, which cover something like 300,000 to 500,000 people, because there you're looking at a, a big enough area that even in winter, you've got a really good sample of, of properties coming to market to compare how busy it was this year versus last. All right, we'll leave it there. Good on you, Angus. Thank you for the breakdown. And thanks for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Absolute pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.